0: everybody, welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, sex toys and unattractive qualities.
1: It's not what you think. You know, everyone thinks that I sell my soul to the devil and I'm going to make millions of dollars. Well, the reality is, is it's manufacturing. We design a toy to hit anatomical targets and to create a sensation. Our toys are, some of our toys are pretty damn ugly. But when you turn the lights off, And you use the toy for what it's intended or close your eyes or get blindfolded and tied up and use the toy for what it's intended for. We'll take the Pepsi challenge against anyone. A person wrote in and said, hey, I bought this toy. It's called the H-Bomb. I bought this toy. Freaking beautiful. Love the toy. It's just amazing. Um, But I bought it for my wife and she saw it and was scared.
0: I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So do you ever see something and find yourself wondering, who designed this, and how did they make it? Our first guest is an expert in the design and manufacturing process. The difference is, he designs and manufactures sex toys. This is the CEO and lead sex toy designer of Tantus Incorporated, Mike Blacksmith. How did you get into this sex toy sexual health industry?
1: My undergraduate is in, uh, is in art. I've been a fine artist since the day I can remember, um, drawing and sculpting and these sorts of things. That really had no bearing on how I got into it, but it, it's how I kind of stayed in it, I guess. Um, It's a really actual funny story that I was a high-tech guy. I've been a senior manager for some really prominent high-tech companies that are still around. And uh, I had kind of retired in 2000. And I hit that dot-com boom, did really well, and kind of retired in the mid-2000s. And a friend of mine uh, called me up and said, hey, there's this company having problems with their internet would you be so kind as and and their networking? Would you be so kind as to it's a small company? Would you be so kind as to go down and try to help them out? So I went down to Tantis um, early 2000s and fixed their computer system for them. I got chatting with the owner of the company, which I later married. We really hit it off, and I you know I'd been in manufacturing for a long time as a as a senior as a senior manager up to uh, vice president level and. So I ended up taking the job, and I've been here for 16 years as a, as the CEO of Tanis. My art background led into also me being a and graphic designer, slash I was doing industrial design as well, um, let me tackle the job of creating new parts.
0: When you went into it, was there any kind of reservation? Because obviously people on the outside world might be like, Do you want to work at a sex toy industry? Like, did you ever have those kind of not 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 that there's any kind of value judgment that should be directed at it? But did you ever feel that there might be?
1: It never crossed my mind. It wasn't something that I said, oh, my God, I'm going to jump into the the sex toy industry or the the adult industry and um, be pigeonholed for moral standards or moral compass. But it was plainly clear right right from the get go that. That people or other businesses judged you on morality and these sorts of things. And that I've always been kind of a fighter. So that actually that actually kind of perked me up a little bit and said, you know, you know, fine, you don't want to uh, you don't want to have my bank account, u s bank, you don't want to have my bank account. Well, f you, I'll find a bank that wants my bank that wants my money. Some have been surprising in the other way, where it's been a company that you went, mm, there's no way that XYZ will ever be a business partner of ours. And they've been one of the best business partners. So going through it to a benefit dinner or something like that, and you're suiting tied up, and someone comes up to you, hey, I'm, you know, this person with Global finance and blah blah blah, and they're like, "What do you do?" And I go, oh, "CEO of a manufacturing company." And you just hope it stops there, right? And then, well, "What do you manufacture?" And we, uh, "We manufacture silicone parts." Oh, and then it, you hope it stops there. And then the, the next dig in, well, what kind of silicone parts? And then you say, "Dildos and vibrators." And usually, especially business people, they're fascinated by the process. It seems like it's really profitable. And you say, it's not what you think. You know, everyone thinks that I sell my soul to the devil and I'm going to make millions of dollars. Well, the reality is, is it's manufacturing. It is literally the same, except when you walk in the back of my building, the shape of the things in the back of my building are different than the shape of the things in the back of other buildings.
0: For, for you guys, like what kind of sex toys do you guys make?
1: We started with anal plugs and insertables, dildos and vibrators. And our vibrators are a lot different than uh, than the traditional what you think of as a vibrator, like a rabbit or these things. We believe that the toy should be able um, to be hygienically clean. Because if you play with a toy, your hand, excuse me, your hands or whatever is carrying DNA around, right? And 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 once you're done, you, you always hear the word foreplay, but you never hear the word afterplay, right? So. You don't think about the cleanup and these sorts of things. You think about rose petals on the floor or chains from the ceiling or these things, and you really think about that for a day. But when you're done, you're done. So when you go to clean a toy, you should be able to uh, remove the vibrator um, and hygienically clean your toy. Um, And then we migrated into um, cock rings and and, uh, slings, they were all made out of metal at the time back in the early 2000s. Um, And uh, there were some safety issues with that where you could, a a biological male could be fully engorged and the constrictive ring or the teardrop would, um, would potentially, and from time to time, not uh, not let those vestibules ever drain. So now you had to put this on when you were soft um, and then you got hard uh, and then you stayed hard and you couldn't get the ring off. And so you'd have to go into the hospital and get the ring off. So we were the first company to make these out of silicone, which meant that if you had an issue where you call it what's called locked up, you were fully engorged and you didn't come down and couldn't get the ring off, you um, had to go to the doctor. with a big giant purple penis and have someone cut this thing off. So making it out of silicone let you take a little pair of scissors, cut it, and remove it. And then we've gone into uh, we've gone into other other toys as well. Um, some really high end BDSM toys, some paddles, um, some rope uh, some rope rigging devices for like Japanese rope shibari and that nipple clamps, these sorts of things that we make that are really really high end. We kind of are pretty broadly diverse, but we started with essentially insertable dildos vibes and butt plugs.
0: How do you design a, a sex toy? Like, where do you where do you start?
1: Well, the business guy in me starts in the business side um, and then the passionate artist starts in another side. But usually Metis and I or our salesperson, um, myself and Metis, will say, hey, it'd be really fun to make um, a new vibrator. Red is number one, and XL toy category is really moving. And so we'll say, hey, we should make a a toy in the XL line. We already have a toy that hits the prostate. We already have a toy that really stretches, but we don't have one that stretches and hits the prostate. Let's design something that way. So we really take um, and try try to hit sensations, right? Okay, so we're making a new dildo. We have we have these toys that are kind of large. We don't have anything that's really small and non-phallic um, and that someone can leave in their drawer or do this that, or people that aren't into seeing a bio-penis, right? Um, and, 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 and let's design something that way that hits a target, um, that works as like a G-spot toy, um, but is non-phallic and is actually... Uh, maybe a little bit longer because um, we don't have anything that hits that works for people that are um, more full figure, right? Both male and female. We design a toy to hit anatomical targets and to create a sensation. So I probably our toys. I always say this that we'll take the Pepsi challenge with anyone, but our toys are. Some of our toys are pretty damn ugly. But when you turn the lights off. And you use the toy for what it's intended or close your eyes or get blindfolded and tied up and use the toy for what it's intended for. We'll take the Pepsi challenge against anyone. We, we design our toys. We design our toys to work in the body, not work on the retail shelf.
0: Like when you do that, when you design things to work anatomically, do you have to have somebody go in and like take measurements?
1: Oh, no. So, well, we have a lot of experience. Um, Of making toys right of doing this for over 20 years, but we do have a bevy of people That we know that say let's go back to that g-spotting toy, right? Yeah Um, We have a bevy of people that we can say hey, we know these people they're very uh, they're they're sex toy reviewers they're bloggers they're in the uh, They're in the adult industry or they're just been customers of ours for a long time And so we'll prototype a toy Right. We'll go through the whole process of manufacturing, essentially. We'll sculpt the toy, whether it's digitally, whether we still sculpt toys out of clay. We sculpt them digitally in CAD. Um, We sculpt them in 3D modeling software um, that's used in the animation world so they can get really skin texture and look really real. We can do it all sorts of ways. and then we'll prototype the toy. We'll we'll tool the toy, so we'll turn it into molds and tooling. Um, and then we'll make the version of the toy, and we'll send it to 10 to 20 people that we believe that you know they're, they're, their personal human form factor is larger than average. Um, they love G spot play, and they hate uh, they hate they don't they're not big into phallic toys. And we'll send those we'll send those out, and we'll get feedback in a week or two. And they'll say, "Hey, work for me too long, um, work for me too short, work for me too small a diameter, not enough curve." And so we'll, then we'll make the changes, right, in the in the sculpture, and the design, and we'll retool it, and we'll send it back out to those people. Here are your changes. What do you think? Oh, yeah, that that if it was just a little shorter. And if we get a consensus, right, we're trying to make it. We could make a toy perfect for one person. We, we get this consensus so it works with a variety of body types a v- variety thing but it hits its intended purpose but then we go to final tooling and we bring the toy to market
0: and then would you make that let's say you come out with a new a new toy would you then make it in different sizes like small medium large we
1: don't we don't we do that on a few toys um uh, there's a toy we have called the amsterdam this is a brand new uh, a new toy just launched off this but um, there's a toy called the Amsterdam and it's based on the traffic bollards in the city of Amsterdam right the the big steel poles um and and we brought this toy out and it's a huge toy it's like three three and a half inches in diameter. We had a lot of feedback the toy's been around for God man, eight nine years um we had a lot of feedback of hey, we'd like this toy smaller 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 we we never did it we but finally, I think about four weeks ago, we made up four or five weeks ago, we launched a small version called the Amsterdam Junior that's based on the Traffic Bollard, um, and then we have some progressive things. But we've we've specifically designed those for people who want to try uh, anal, uh, try anal. We have a progressive set of toys that say you start here and you go here. You can go as big as you want, but you can stop here. But this is kind of a you know, a thing to kind of get you into it and get you used to it. So for some toys, but they're designed specifically for a progressive set.
0: That makes sense, right? You don't want to start with the big guns.
1: S- some people, some people do. Some people it's go straight still, for it. Right, right out of the gate. Yeah. We had, we have, we had, we have this toy that's about uh, four inches in four inches in diameter. Uh, the toy is, it's, it's literally, I mean, it's this big around. Um, and we had a customer service email. A person wrote in and said, Hey, I bought this toy. It's called the H-Bomb. I bought this toy. Freaking beautiful, love the toy, it's just amazing. But I bought it for my wife and she saw it and was scared. Is there any way I can return it? Right? Like, never talk to his partner, right? And buy this toy that is literally the like the king of what we make. This thing is huge. It's probably four four pounds of silicone.
0: Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Sure. Harder toy to design. Toy for a man. Toy for a woman.
1: Mm, toy for a woman. How come? Matter pigs. Matter pigs. I mean, straight up. This is this is true, right? It goes back to the must have baby. Um, right. Once a man's brain is turned on, they're just they suck. They're just pigs. And in a good way. Right. I mean, if you play with men, you understand that 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 male heat is freaking awesome. Um, But but they don't care. Women. um in the 60s men were the largest in the 60s 70s 80s 90s early 2000s men were the largest demographic of purchasing adult toys and they're still probably 50 percent whether they're purchasing it for their partner or um, or not men are men are a lot easier to uh, satisfy because once once that gets going in the human brain it's they're just on and ready uh, women have become, they are savvy shoppers. Women are the people that know about uh, phthalates, uh, cadmium, bad things in their sex toys. Um, so, and they're and they're pretty specific of what they want for the human body,
2: for their body.
1: Um, and you know, women care much more about color. A guy doesn't give a shit, right? Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, women want women know what they want, and they're much more savvy and much more knowledgeable. Um, about their purchases. So definitely designing a toy for a woman. Um, Even getting feedback from reviewers, because you could send a toy to a bunch of guys and what do you think? Oh, it's fucking great, right, versus uh, you send it to women and you're like, hey, the curve could be a little deeper, the toy could be a little longer, it could be a little less in diameter, right? Because. Men buy toys for women. They think that all women want these big, huge toys because I can't satisfy her. She needs a bigger dick, um, and that's not the case at all. Best
0: selling sex toy for men. Best selling sex toy for women.
1: Um, is it, I'm going to answer this as a I'm going to answer this as an industry broad, um, okay. Not just my company. Um, the best selling sex toy for uh, women, I believe, has always been the rabbit. Mm. And I think, you know, you saw that from the, the TV show, um, but the rabbit is probably the number one selling sex toy for women. Um, not necessarily that it works the best. There's some great rabbits out there, but they're very far and few between. Um, and uh, best selling sex toy for a man, a man would probably be, in my for me, it's definitely the cock, our, our small cock rings, our super soft cock rings. You can put those on when you're art um and then and plugs as well
0: most interesting request you have gotten from a customer
1: it's not hard for me i'm not i'm not i'm thinking how to answer this ah uh, uh without being insulting or cuz i have no i have no no intent to be insulting um my, what I, I mean, I've had some really outlandish, crazy requests and I, you know, I don't even, I don't count those, but on general terms where we've had, we have this multiple times a week um, and it comes from men. Um, and the request is, so again, I said, we make these toys that are four inches, three inches. Actually, we have one that's seven inches at the base. Um, the requests, and I always find these very interesting and fascinating. I um, Maybe your listeners or viewers will comment below why they think this is. Um, But we will get a lot of people saying, hey, um, I just bought, I'll use the H-Bomb because that's the name I already brought up and I'm sure that someone's going to go to TanaSync.com and look up the H-Bomb. I bought the H-Bomb and uh, it's four inches in diameter. If you made that toy at three and fifteen sixteenths instead of four inches and you brought the length down by it's a 16 inch toy if you brought the length down to 15 and 7 eighths and the second ring down the toy instead of being Instead of being two and a half you made that at two and seven eighths Um, That'd be awesome Right in my mind. I got what is your ass a caliper? Right. I mean, like, I don't understand that. And it's a it's like a 16th of an inch. And I don't know, you know, for me personally, I don't know if it's because someone doesn't want to uh, admit that they really like playing with this toy. And they use the clinical side of it to say, I really I don't like playing with the toy, but I'm only doing this for science.
0: Right. Um, Right.
1: Right. Or that that's just the way their brain works. But this is the most common Request that I find very interesting, you know, if you made this toy Two and an eighth if you made it two and a quarter, it would be a much better toy And there's no way that that a muscle band um, Vaginally anally is going to be loosened up right when you just it's just like stretching right it's just like stretching before a workout or stretching before a athletic maneuver um, Your muscles are going to be able to calibrate an eighth of an inch. It's just not it's just not humanly possible. And they get. they get actually some of them are really specific, like you're talking a hundredth of an inch. Instead of making it four inches, if you made it four point or tenth of an inch. I'm sorry. If you made instead of make it four inches, if you made it four point one, I think you'd hit your sweet spot and you'd sell twice as many. And that's their that's what we get. We get, you know, you'd sell twice as many. And I have no problem answering back and listening, and sometimes taking their feedback and saying, "Hey, you know, these people are right. If we made this toy just a little bit bigger, it would probably play better." But not when you're talking about, a, you know, a tenth or a, you know, a tenth of a, a, a tenth of an inch.
0: What do you think is the future of the sex toy industry? Can it change that much, or would we? I mean, we only have so many places to put things, right?
1: I, you know, that that obviously virtual. Virtual reality VR sex could take off. Mm, I don't know. Um, I hope it moves more towards uh, healthier. Uh, it Consistently progresses. You know, we were the company that that changed an industry. We Henry Forded this sucker, and uh, I hope it can. I hope that more and more toys move to uh, move to healthier material and healthier pigmentation. So it's two components. It's the material and the pigment. Um, and I also hope that, you know, some of these little companies that are moving forward, I hope that more of the bigger companies start making toys, uh, and that's going to, right. As the, as the consumer gets more aware, they'll do more research, um, and makes toys that hit anatomical targets, um, you know, phones working remote, toys working remotely. Uh, that's been around forever. We had a toy, uh, a thing that we uh, that we had. We were one of the first people to ever do. It was called the audio. And it would, you could put the vibrator in the toy and put this, it looked like a pager would go on your hip. And if someone talked to you every time their voice hit it, bzz, bzz, bzz. if you went to a club and you were dancing at the bass beats, bzz, 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 bzz. So that's been around for a long time. I think we were one of the first people to do that. We no longer have it. It just it didn't sell to, enough for a small business like us to keep producing it at, at, our, at the cost we were making it. I think it's just going to go healthier um, as the consumer as the consumer gets more and more knowledgeable and more and more okay with their with their body and with their ability to talk to their partner and say hey you know or talk you know, be honest with themselves and say hey I want to try this.
0: Oh, this I missed this one. Most popular color,
1: Uh, purple. How come? That's easy, right? That's easy. Boom! Hit me with another one of those. That was, boy, yeah, purple by far. Purple is the number one selling color. Give me a great story on this. So we had uh, this. We were young in our infancy. We had this uh, this chain of stores in San Francisco. Um woman founded chain of stores and the buyer for this chain of stores, her favorite color was green and she would buy all this one, this one toy in green. And we, we'd look at our spreadsheets and say, my God, green, great color. That's the worst color. So worst color in the industry is green. Um, And we just thought based on numbers, right? that green was the best color. And it was something that we really paid attention to. And so we ended up making all of our toys in green because it was such a great color. Because if you looked at the spreadsheet, oh my God, green sold. But we had one buyer that bought for a whole bunch of stores and so we made a bunch of green products that took us years to sell. Um, But purple by far across the board for female toys is the number one selling color and red and black for men. A dark red and black for male toys, purple for female toys. Now I'm not saying that other colors don't sell. But the variance of purple, literally 10 to 1 for female toys is purple.
0: What's the What's the worst?
1: Green. Green? Green, yeah, or like, yeah, green, green, or dull brown, or yeah, these sorts of things. But green is by far the worst. I mean, you think about it, you're, you're having sex with a zombie, I guess.
0: Yeah, that would be kind of weird, I guess.
1: Now, we do a couple toys in green, a very neon, bright green, but I'm talking like hunter green, you know? Like yeah, like bad. house green. Yeah, bad, bad, huh. bad. Well, be
0: damned. Do you think, I mean, does that have any relation to the shades of people? Or do you think that's just that's just an easy No, actually,
1: so we make um, binary slash trans slash community um, with the mo- all the modern slashes. We make a prosthetic device called a packer. Um, and it's for people who want to put a bio, walk around with a bio male organ in their pants to feel more true to their soul, um, which they have every right to do. Um, and <clears throat> so we make this, we make this, and so we make it in three skin tones. Um, but one of our number one sellers of that is actually in a purple, just because it's like, look, I, I don't, I want to feel it. But I don't necessarily need to exactly rep- replicate a skin tone. It kind of just says, "This is fucking me." I'm sorry. This is me. Um, I'm, I'm sporting purple, man. It's my—they're called Packers. I'm uh, I'm I'm sporting purple. I'm packing purple. I don't need to pack some stupid skin tone. I got purple in my pants, and I think that's really fun, man. I think it's really cool. I think actually skin tones. They're down there. I don't think people are necessarily as into, you know, it's, what again, that's a male question. You know, if you're a female interviewer, you'd be asking me a lot of different questions, but a male buys a toy thinking that it's something that, you know, my partner is missing. Um, and it needs to be real and it needs to be larger than me or it needs to look real. That That's what my wife is missing. But if you literally pulled women on, which has been done by us but if you were to go out and pull women on what they like it's going to be a lot smaller than you think it's going to be smoother than you think it's going to so not represent a penis it's going to be if you think about a male body the ugliest most aggressive thing on a male body is an erect penis freaking women don't want to see that they don't want to see a hard-on chasing them they're Something sensual, something that's going to make me feel good. It's not necessarily this aggressive, hard, giant penis that's freaking trying to chase me down the alley and attack me, you know?
0: The male penis does look ridiculous.
1: Hitachi Magic Wand, number one, uh, another top-selling toy. It's just a large plug-in vibrator, right? Um, Good friends of ours are the people that bring it into the United States. Uh, It's just an amazing toy, right? Deep, heavy Vibrator. So we were asked to make a attachment that goes. It's it's an external toy, right? So you you play on the outside of the body, not not really an internal playing toy. We were asked to make a a head that you put on the top of this. Uh, it just looks like you know just a massager. Just right. Yeah. So we we were asked to make a head that went around the top and then had a little right came out like this, and you could use it as an insertable toy. Well, we had a lot of experience with G-spot insertable toys, so we make this toy. When you we sent it out to reviewers, when you put the toy in, if you let if you let turn the Hitachi off, and the toy is now inserted, the thing's up against uh, up against the legs and clitoris and all that, and up against the clitoral legs, and and you put the toy in as soon as soon. As the button was all the way up, soon it was up, you were orgasming. It literally, and it sucked because everyone hated it because there was no buildup. There was no anything, right? It would would be like a man waking up and before your mind even came on, you're already orgasming for the day. You're like, oh God, that sucked, right? I mean, it was so you can actually you can actually make things too well it goes back to the designing part right so you you are actually designing a journey for someone and i think that that's that's what we do
0: i want to thank mike so much for joining us if you want to connect with him we have linked to him and tantis incorporated on our social media accounts we're profoundly pointless on instagram and twitter and we have also included their information in the episode description okay now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. Have you ever bought a sex toy?
2: <laughs> oh, that's, uh, uh, no, I haven't actually. I have not. You've, you've never bought a sex toy at all? Actually, I have, but it was, um, for a bachelor party gag gift. It was not for, uh, personal use. Okay. What'd you buy? W- one thing that I remember specifically, it was like a devil's tail. It had like a devil's tail on it. It was a, you know, it was like an anal bead.
0: I'm gonna go ahead and stop you because I'm gonna call you a liar right now. Because how do you know exactly what that is if you've never been in there and bought a sex toy before, right? Like that was way too, way too accurate of a description for a guy who's never bought a sex toy. I
2: mean, I, I've no, I've never bought one for like I said. There's I've no never...
0: shame in it. It's okay. Like, yeah. look, you have
2: kids. We know you've had sex. Well, or at least someone has had (laughs) sex with your wife. (laughs) No, I mean, I, I, I'm not a sham. I would tell you the truth. If I, if I bought it, bought one for personal use, I just, I I never have. I've actually never bought one either. I, I don't know what you would call it. Old school, traditional. I don't, uh. Uh-huh.
0: missionary and nothing but huh
2: <laughs> <laughs> clothes on and everything <laughs> lights off <laughs> clothes on Is the good
0: lord intended missionary <laughs> sex with clothes on and <laughs> the only thing that
2: i do no noise just no noise god put us on this earth to uh you know fulfill a mission to procreate so that's all we're gonna do
0: okay follow-up question um, When you are enjoying some solo time, do you download pornographic material, or are you just <laughs> accessing it live stream off the internet? Like, are you a downloader? Like, do you download and keep, or do you just uh, peruse the internet for various things that you're interested in and then move on?
2: If I was to do anything of that nature. If I was. I don't uh... – right. For the fourth time today, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't see why anyone would download anything ever anymore. I mean, you can stream. There's at stream. least, uh, from what I understand, or from what I've been told by you know, by friends, uh, there's there's at least what three to five sites that are completely free that are reputable.
0: True. Okay, you don't have to get into specifics about this, but have exactly. you ever gone down a hole? not a literal hole, but like down a, like a, a pornography hole. And then somehow wondered like, wait a minute, how did I even
2: get here? I'm just going to answer. Yes. Okay.
0: (laughs) I think we all have where
2: we felt that
0: instant regret
2: afterwards.
0: (laughs) How did this happen to
2: me? I I think it's I I, (laughs) yeah, I I don't, I don't want to go into details, but yes. It's like five minutes <laughs> later, you're like, whoa, I didn't even know that things like this existed. Um, okay. huh? This is kind of weird. I didn't realize that they make this and this and this. So I'm just going to keep going down this rabbit hole. Oh, shit. The, wife, the wife's coming home in five minutes.
0: Well, let's just move on. What's your, what's your thing? Are you going to memorize them again? Because that was amazing. We had so many people write in and say, John,
2: no, thank no, you for good.
0: memorizing my name instead of reading it off of people a piece of paper during the shout outs
2: nobody nobody really cared. No, I'm just going to do it old school. I'm just going to read them and uh be as excited as ever. So, uh All right, anyways. All right, let's uh let's keep this show on the road here. All right, we'll start off with uh, Brian Trainer. Appreciate you. Uh Francisco Mills, Abe Gelvin.
0: You think people call Brian Trainer BT?
2: Probably. I think they call Abe Galvin A.G. more than they would call Brian Trainer.
0: No, no. If you have a name like Abe, people are going to call you Abe. <laughs> they're not abbreviating that in any way. People—that's not the kind of name that people get an opportunity to say very much—and they're going to really want to say Abe.
2: I think you just really want to say Abe.
0: I do. I've <laughs> never had it. I've n- I've never personally known an Abe in my life.
2: You not even an Abraham? No. Wow. Uh-oh. Sounds like you need to... Broaden uh, my horizons. A little bit. All right. Uh, Nick Flores, appreciate you. Uh, Reed Kirkpatrick. Chad Nykodim, uh Raphael's girlfriend. That was probably my favorite. Um, at Kit Kister, Raphael's girlfriend. So uh, whoever Raphael is, uh, your girlfriend has a Twitter account. Um, Gunnar Marple. Jason Whoever. Uh, So whoever Jason is, appreciate you. And then Courtney Wallen uh, ends out or rounds out the list here today. So a lot of interesting names that I was able to to pull out from social media this week.
0: Yeah, but Brian Tanner is the only one that you're going to abbreviate as BT there. (laughs) He's the only one with a solid abbreviatable name, right?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, Gunner, Marble, you could always call him GM, but, you know, like, hey, here's the GM. You call him Gunner, dude. Gunner is pretty, Gunner's badass, I'm not gonna lie.
0: Yeah, and Abe is pretty cool. I would like to be able to say Abe.
2: (laughs) Abe, if uh, if you do indeed listen to this, for God's sakes, send Nick a, you know, a friend request or whatever. Uh,
0: The only, the only kind of, like, nickname off of the Abe's name that you could come up with would be, like, Abe Broham. Oh, like Abe Broham. That's well, the only
2: Abe related nickname. If he was listening uh, to this or or even or oh, even sorry. liked us at all, he now hates us because you decimated his name.
0: Did you not hear my joke?
2: I did not. No. What
0: else you could call Abe? What's that? Headshot. <laughs> Come on. <laughs>
2: that was so oh, boy. That was that is a good one. I mean, that's, that was pretty funny.
0: Apologies to anybody related to Abraham Lincoln.
2: <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> or Abe Galvin. But thank you for listening and, and tuning in. All right, Nick. Uh, what's more frustrating? Uh, doing a spring clean or like uh, having to clean up after a, a, a really heavy snowstorm, like shoveling and all that jazz? What's more frustrating?
0: Well, I mean, shoveling snow isn't very difficult. And spring cleaning generally takes a long time. Like that's a massive clean. So what you're essentially asking me is what's more difficult, cleaning your whole house or having a minor inconvenience that you just have to shovel a little bit? So there's your answer right there. I'm not afraid of a little manual effort. Sorry.
2: (laughs) I don't know where you live, all right? But uh, we get more than an inch of snow, all right?
0: Okay. Well, you had eight inches of snow and I managed to clear out my whole driveway and my sidewalks. And I went over to my older neighbor's sidewalk and I did that as well. And it probably took me 20 minutes.
2: That's a lie. That's a lie.
0: It's probably like closer to 30 actually, but I, I did some talking, right? Nothing, nothing. If you're snow shoveling for the first time in a while, that's one of those jobs where you're going to go do it. You're going to feel proud about yourself doing it. And you're going to kind of chat up the neighbors while you're doing it.
2: No, I, I'm the opposite. I don't. We've really? talked about this. I don't want to talk to my neighbors.
0: I don't want to talk to my neighbors either. But I'm going to make sure that they know that I'm snow shoveling my neighbor's driveway.
2: It's like I, I just mowed the lawn for the first time this spring uh, two days ago, and my, both my neighbors came out and called me while I was mowing the lawn. I mean, listen, you guys are nice guys, but I, I don't want to be bothered when I'm doing, you know, yard work.
0: Wait a minute. Did they come out specifically to talk to you because they saw you mowing the yard? Or were they already outside?
2: I don't know if they were already outside because I was out front in my in my front yard and they came from down their driveways.
0: What are their driveways in the back of the house?
2: Yeah, the driveways go, you know, to the the backyard, to the garage where the garage and the backyards are.
0: I feel like any further follow-up questions
2: will just lead to more confusion on my part on that one. uh,
0: Because, wait a minute, because you said that they weren't already outside, but they were in their driveway, so they were already outside.
2: Well, I said I don't know. You asked me if 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 they specifically came outside to talk to me, and I said I don't know because they came down their driveway from their backyard, so I don't know if they were already outside or not. In their car, or were they walking? (laughs) No, man, they were on foot. I don't live in... So then they
0: did come out specifically, right? It's not like they drove up their driveway, got out of the car, and then walked over to you. They came out of the house, out of the backyard, however I, this works, and came and talked to you. So they specifically came and talked to you.
2: Yes, but you – you I thought you had asked, did they specifically come outside to talk to me? They might have already been outside, and they just saw me oh, and came out.
0: Could have been in the backyard is what you're saying.
2: Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, that's allowable. What uh, what's more painful to you to have had to have sit through a Ben Affleck or Matt Damon movie?
0: I don't mind Matt Damon movies. Matt Damon is more of a legitimate actor than Ben Affleck is to me. Ben Affleck is the actor where to me, he's like Tom Cruise, where I just I know I'm just watching Ben Affleck this whole time. Like, oh, there's Ben Affleck. Matt Damon can get into the character a little bit. He makes better movie choices as far as I'm concerned.
2: But uh, he does. I don't, but from a money standpoint, I think Ben Affleck's always been the bigger draw. He's more of a
0: sellout. Yeah, he's more of a sellout. For sure. For sure. He'll do some garbage movies out there.
2: <laughs> God dang, he will. One of the worst ever, right? G-G Lee or whatever that's called. Jiggly, Geely.
0: I don't know. I didn't watch that. How many DVD copies do you have? Seven and a half. How many DVDs do you have?
2: Hmm. That's a, I, I honestly don't know. I, I know. Uh, I mean, probably two hundred plus. Wow.
0: Do you look at those DVDs as an impressive collection, or do you look at them as a massive waste of time and money?
2: Yeah, Ma- n- now a massive waste of time. Wow, now a massive waste of time and money. But I'm actually uh, I'm trying to consolidate the collection. So,
0: by selling um, it or just getting rid of it?
2: Trying to sell it. You know, actually. VHS and DVDs and things are uh, some of them can go for some quite a bit of money on the old eBay.
0: Okay. How much have you sold one for?
2: The most expensive uh, so far was the VHS uh, Star Wars collection for five and six. For uh, I I think I made 85 bucks off that.
0: Wow. Okay. I'm completely wrong there because my wife tried to sell all of our DVDs for a dollar and no one there was no takers whatsoever. I can't believe someone passed up having grandma's boy.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I don't I don't know if people are buying grandma's boy, but some of the you know, the Disney ones go and other things like that, you know, whatever people okay. deem to be okay. all of right, value. so
0: you're stealing from your parents and selling their stuff. That's <laughs>
2: that's cool. Just their sex toys. Hey Anyways, um
0: Do you ever find have you ever <laughs> Have you ever found any? We've we've gone over many times how you walked in on your father having sex with your mother. We won't cover that again. Yeah, please God. No. Um, especially because it wasn't one of the normal positions. Um, but so we don't need to go into that. But have you ever found like uh, one of your dad's? Have you ever found like a, a your dad's nudie mag? Maybe mom's thing. You ever found that? <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, I yeah. There there were nudie mags that I that I found. I had a friend specifically uh, whose his dad would buy him those magazines is like, oh, you threw a touchdown today. All right. Well, here's here's a magazine. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, terrible, awesome parenting is what that is. I'm going over so-and-so's house and we're going to look at, you know, Sable, the you know, because she's in Playboy this month or whatever, you know. So
0: how old would he have been at that time?
2: Twelve, 13, 14. We were just teenagers.
0: You can't buy your son a nudie mag at the
2: age of 12. Oh, well, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, that I'm not. I'm not ever. I will never say that he's a a good father. Uh, and it's not my father, by the way. But it's uh,
0: 16 you know. is the cutoff there. <laughs> maybe, maybe early 15, if you've like walked in on him six times in a week and he's got good housekeeping in there, then you then that's like a mercy kill where you're like, son.
2: Yeah, I understand
0: on. that you're going through a time. At least use the proper materials and don't be
2: <laughs> Oh man, you know if uh, I I would I don't know why, but I I'm interested in talking to somebody from the 50s, 60s, 70s where like magazines were all you had, right? Cuz you didn't have technology. Like you had to <laughs> find other ways cuz it wasn't right in front of you, so to speak.
0: Did you imagine doing that in like the 1800s? Like what were you even
2: no, just I, I standing couldn't.
0: next to your cabin window hoping somebody <laughs> walks by,
2: I guess. You're just, you know, you're just, well, the wind's blowing today. <laughs> Better Go right. outside.
0: Let me try to remember that one time I saw a girl 14 <laughs> years ago, now that I'm living on the prairie.
2: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> yeah, Man, I, what are I'm, you even doing? I'm, what are I'm, you even doing? If you're like on the frontiers, like a fur trader, what are you?
2: <laughs> a portrait? Uh, uh man, I don't even right? I uh, I I don't really I don't even want to comment on that. Even, you're just you just out there in the the wilderness, I guess.
0: You're just maybe a cloud looks like a boob, I guess. That's what that's the only thing that you've got. Boy like, that you're Grizzly just, bears looking just, really pretty. You're just out there Going on solo pleasure cruises to clouds. <laughs> That's basically the only thing
2: that you have.
0: I hope I see a cloud today that looks like a woman.
2: <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, you know. <laughs> That's true. That's I'm, the only thing they got. I'm sure that we could go back in time and there's probably some historical accounts of things like that.
0: Maybe We need to get a masturbation historian on this podcast.
2: Oh my, And you know there is. There's probably is
0: one somewhere.
2: I have. I'm talking to one. You have to rank these three social media platforms: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram.
0: Well, that's Instagram, Twitter, then Facebook. I don't even honestly use Facebook that much anymore. When we yeah. when we do when we do like our profoundly pointless social media account at shout outs, I don't even mention it. Like we have one, but I don't even use it anymore because, quite frankly, I don't feel like hearing what my ignorant uncle has to say about the Republicans or the Democrats or whoever he's mad at this week, right? I don't, I don't need to hear about how COVID is tracking us all.
2: You ever think social media will get back to a point to where it's just, you know, just updates of people without politicalness or, or, hey, I took a shit this morning, you know, like just get back to what it was meant to be used for.
0: No, because we, as a human species, And every single one of us individually, we are going to find the least common denominator about everything. Like what's the worst thing that we can do with this thing that we just invented? We will always find that out. That is what we do.
2: That's a good point. I can't, I can't argue with you on that. Believe it or not.
0: Okay. So our top five is top five least attractive
2: qualities.
0: What's your, what's your number five?
2: Uh, I have eating habits as my number five. And by eating habits, I mean, more or less specifically like, like being a loud eater, you know, like, or, uh, or smacker. a smacker, or like when you're, uh, you know, like hitting your teeth with the fork or, or the spoon, you know, and it makes that really, you know, ting sound, uh, just things like that. Like Eww. before I met my wife, not that I went on very many dates, but, uh, uh, and, and of course the dates where they weren't standing me up, um, that would like ruin my perception of any woman Uh, or even like I was hanging out with, with with dudes. I'd be like, listen, you got to stop that or I'm going to clothesline you. And we're just trying to enjoy chicken wings here. So
0: I can't say that I really ran into many bad eaters. I can only think of one person that I know that I couldn't stand the way that they eat, that they ate where I was like, dude, you got to stop that. They were a smacker. I was like, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, man i i i just I, I can't do it. I'm sorry. I know it might sound like a bougie thing for me, but i can't. I just can't stand it. I can't do it.
0: Okay. Uh, my number five is overalls. <laughs> I just think that overalls are the stupidest. Like, if you're on the farm, I understand the part point of it. Wow. But the idea of just wearing overalls when you wow. don't work on a farm, like just like this is just what I'm doing today i I just think that's ridiculous i think that's the least attractive clothing option available for anyone at any time is overalls like how can i come look completely unattractive today overalls
2: i i think that you and i are going to be completely different on our list here so are you a- an overalls man no i've never worn overalls a day in my life ever
0: but are you like when you're going searching no. on the internet are you looking for
2: overalls no not even okay i've never searched overalls never okay uh my number mm-hmm. four uh is someone who's cocky or arrogant mm. i'm not i'm not a fan of uh of people who are uh self-centered or or whatever or uh, just you know they think that their uh, their shit doesn't stink so to speak
0: okay all right, that's legit. I think that'd probably be on a lot of people's list
2: because everyone's shit stinks.
0: I could see that being a little bit higher on a lot of people's list. My number four is when people are stupid sounding. They, I'm okay with people who are stupid. I don't find that to be an under <laughs> like look like everybody. There's there's stupid people. You could probably think that I'm one of those people. All right, but it's more when they just sound stupid. Like if you just because everything they say just sounds dumb. Or it could be the most brilliant mathematician in the world, but if they're like, so uh, there's like these numbers and the numbers they add up and this is the quadratic equation and we use that to get to the space, but it's like you just sound stupid and I can't listen to you talk.
2: <laughs> I, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I, we, I think everyone has had that experience where you're just like, you could be a valedictorian from Harvard, but you're still annoying to listen to.
0: And even, I think this goes for both men and women, like no matter how attractive they are, eventually you're sitting on the couch together and you're just, (laughs) oh, how am I going to put up with this? Yeah. Right? Yep. Ooh, that's a good question. What percentage of a couple's life, however long this relationship is last, Mm -hmm. what percentage of the average couple's life would you say is actually spent having sex? Hmm. I think it's under one percent.
2: No, I no, I wouldn't give it that. Low. I bet
0: it is. <sighs> I no. bet it's really
2: close to that. I would say. I mean, I'm going to say uh, five percent.
0: I can do this math in my head right now. Not in my head. I'm, I can't do that. So, my wife and I, after marriage for a number of years. Generally, probably once a week, which is pretty good for married life, actually, when you get down to it, right? Like, that's not bad for people who are listening to this and like, once a week, oh my God. Like, dude, you don't understand. According to other married guys, like I'm swimming in it. Um, Okay, so 24 times seven. says 168 hours. Let's give me 30 minutes. So that means I spend 167.5 hours. I don't know how to do percent. Dude, that's way less than 1%. Right, I mean, I mean that's way less than one percent.
2: All I take away from that is you need to learn how to like drag it out a little bit there, Minute Man.
0: Why would I want to? That's thirty minutes. That's <laughs> that's a generous thirty minutes from start to finish.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I don't
0: know what. Like, first of all, I always understood that when people are like, "Hey, seven times a night was with her for like why?
2: Yeah, now that's, that's just a... a
0: lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be spent sleeping." Yeah, man. Think about that. That's not even what that's actually less than I'm getting it for a married man. And that's less than 1% of my life. That's not even, that's less than half of 1%. You're talking about 0.20%.
2: Add in your Uh solo, uh, pleasure cruises and it goes up to 66%.
0: (laughs) I spend 0.20% of my couple's life. (laughs) <laughs> having sex with my wife and 99% of my time.
2: Yeah, man, I'm telling you.
0: Wow. That's how much of your life is based on sex. Less than half a percent. Probably. Yeah, that's
2: all right. Well, to boost up the mood here,
0: but yet it drives 98% of your
2: life. Ah, uh, not now for me, it's but pretty rather for
0: not for married people. Okay. Yeah, what's I'm your not... number three?
2: Uh, long fingernails
0: mm, I remember that you have something with that like you can't stand this is a man who cuts his own fingernails twice a week. It's not an exaggeration. he cuts his fingernails twice a yeah,
2: week at least i mean I'm yeah at least i mean there there's hardly any you know white showing on my cuticles like it's i and i but like I don't have like the nubby nails, you know, but like i don't i i just i can't stand fingernails, man. I just can't do it,
0: okay. I can't stand excessive jewelry, which is my number three. When somebody's got, like, all kinds of dangly crap all over them, I'm just like, get away from
2: me. <laughs> I mean, I'm okay. Whether you want to roll, however you want to roll, I don't really care. It's fine.
0: Mm, no. I mean, if they got, like, a ton of stuff on there, it's just because you got all that crap, that means that, like, uh that's a lot of money that you spent. That's a lot of effort that's going to be spent getting ready and having to do things and shopping and finding all that. It's just too much work like that to me is just like, oh, I can't handle all of this that you're doing here.
2: I, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with it. You want, you know, I'll even join yeah, you. Cool. You know, I've, I've bought pieces of, of uh, jewelry for uh, specific occasions so for get, yourself. Yeah. Myself and others.
0: You bought jewelry like what kind of jewelry are you wearing?
2: Like watches and things.
0: That's a watch doesn't count as jewelry. Oh, I don't all consider right. a watch to be jewelry.
2: Oh, okay. Well then I guess not, because I don't I don't I don't have any piercings. I don't wear necklaces, so
0: uh what's your number two?
2: Uh, someone, uh, who has a bad personality or like just a lack of personality, I think. Oh, okay. Better.
0: No personality. Right. Yeah. So that goes back to like the sitting on the couch thing.
2: I, I really hate when like I have to lead the conversation all the time,
0: all the time. Yeah. The what time. if that person though, just generally doesn't have anything to say because I've dated a girl that was like that where they like, they just didn't have anything to say particularly.
2: Uh, th- then, I mean, that's fine if that's who you are and like, you know, and that's, that's great, but then we don't, we're not going to be together.
0: <laughs> you just so. got nothing to talk about. I can't, I can't be an awkward silence person either. I don't like awkward silence.
2: Yeah. I, I can't do it either.
0: Uh, my number two is a liar.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, that's, I, 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 didn't put it on my list. I probably could have put it on, but I didn't, but, uh, yeah, you don't want really? some of the lies.
0: I would have thought that that would be a lot of people's number one. Would be a liar.
2: Now, my my number one is I don't know how popular it is, but yeah, it's not. It's not that. Not someone who lies.
0: Okay, what's your number one least attractive quality?
2: Uh, someone who is constantly negative,
0: pessimistic Ooh. all the time. Okay.
2: You know, so somebody I can see that
0: that's an honorable mention for me. It's not
2: that big of a deal. Somebody who just you know, I mean, you don't want to be with someone who constantly like. You have to be reassuring them, or you have to be—you know—you you always have to be the uppity up, happy one because you know they're going to be bringing a negative outlook or opinion to everything. Like, oh, we're we're having that for dinner tonight, mm. or like, you know, we're doing this, or like, what do you mean? Like, I, I don't look good in this dress. Like, it's you know what I mean. Just you know, someone who finds the negative in every situation.
0: Okay, my number one is lazy. I can't take laziness.
2: <laughs> I mean, listen, good thing you're not my wife.
0: But you're not a lazy guy. You look like a lazy guy, but you're not a lazy
2: guy. I don't think I look lazy. I'm no, I'm not um, I'm I'm not a lazy guy, actually. I I actually think I'm quite um I, I'm like a dad active. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm not like like I am. You're running... gonna be
0: doing stuff, but you're gonna have a sandwich with you at the time. <laughs>
2: yeah (laughs) it's some beers but yes
0: right i can see that like dad active
2: yeah like i you know when i die they're they're not gonna you know they're gonna be like whoa man his bmi was like 78
0: like i understand dad active right like i'm gonna play with my kids but even if i really just run for like 10 steps i'm gonna go home and that's (laughs) whoo
2: yeah that's i'm gonna be like complaining to my wife about it you know what i mean or tomorrow dad active yeah, dad, active. I might have just came up with something there. Dad, I bod, think you dad put it on,
0: that's that should be one of our t-shirts, right? Dad, dad, active and hitting you with facts.
2: I really think we should just start gearing this towards dads. You know what I mean? Like, let's just let's just have a podcast for dads. No. Oh, all right. Well, I uh, don't <laughs> mention. Uh, let's see. I have uh, a lack of humor on here. Mm, that's a good one. Uh bad grammar kind of goes with your, you know, like the way way someone talks. Yeah,
0: just sounding stupid.
2: Yeah, just sounding dumb. Um and then I have like closed mindedness, like not wanting mm-hmm. to try Let's new things or do something or you know, things like that.
0: Okay. Those are all pretty good. I don't really have anything else to add to that necessarily. Um those are pretty much the the standard ones, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. What do you think are some of the most unattractive qualities? It's really hard to beat lying. I think lying should have been much higher on the list, but laziness just kind of incorporates all of that to me. I don't understand the fingernails thing that John was talking about, but man, however you get down is however you get down.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.